Praise the Lord. Welcome to this first episode of Catechism of the Catholic Church teaching. And I also wish you a very strong and powerful Pentecost. Pentecost is not yet over, it's still continuing. And providentially, what is the best gift you need after the Pentecost? <laughs> the first gift is the deposit of faith. The church began on the day of Pentecost. So, that is a very beautiful day today that we have received this inspiration to learn catechism and I am so happy so many of you have turned up before this. And this will be a live recording but at the same time this contents will be remaining so many others can use it. Okay, <clears throat> now let us once again ask the Holy Spirit to rekindle in us. We cannot understand these mysteries unless the Holy Spirit open our heart and mind and reveal these things. So let us ask the Holy Spirit, Oh Holy Spirit, we thank you Holy Spirit, we thank you Holy Spirit for this possibility to understand and to learn our faith. Praise you Jesus. And now <clears throat> we have asked in the earlier session itself, we got a key word, an unlocking word, a password, that was a word which is very popular these days. In this context of the uh, Pentecostal teaching, I am sure every preacher would have said this word, that is John chapter 14, 26. John 14, 26, which says, The advocate, the Holy Spirit, that the Father will send in my name, he will teach you everything. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Hold on to that. The Holy Spirit that the Father will send in my name. He will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. Or rather, I taught you. So, my dear friends, this is our key and this is our masterpiece, this is our confidence, even if we don't understand, the Holy Spirit will help us to understand. The Holy Spirit will give us an ability to understand. Okay? Thank you very much. And I welcome all of you. I specially welcome our beloved Justice Kurian Joseph Sar. He is so dedicatedly participating couple of days back, he said uh, to me in a voice message that the beauty of the Katena Aurea, what we are learning, he said one word which we will be referring early, later on in the teaching, he said to love God with knowing, knowingly. We must know God more and more, then our love for God will be more and more enchanting beautiful, sweet. That is exactly what we are doing here. <laughs> Knowing Him. That word is very phenomenal. So thank you, 
dear sir, for that compliment and also that mystery. And that is what we have been doing in these days and we will be doing. Now coming to our point, I am hurrying because time is, uh, sorry for the little delay. Now, uh, before we go into the exact, I mean, I want to tell you some little introductory aspect of this. Okay, in this place, Vienna, 20 years back, the Lord utilized me to conduct a one-month-long living seminar, residential seminar on the Catechism of Catholic Church, and Cardinal Christopher Schoenborn has approved it, and that was an eye-opener, and thereafter, all my seminar in this German, Austria, Germany, Switzerland, France area was all with the whole, with the with the catechism and those batch which attended this seminar they are all very good preachers and very strong men of faith so that gave us such a beautiful insight how can we club this together bible and catechism in learning as well as preaching and moreover in the context of kerala I stay just opposite to POC, so I go very often there and I tell them why this is not translated, we must translate it. And I was so much hurried to use this thing, so I already got it translated a portion privately by, without any, uh, I said it's a private part just for our retreat. Then I have shown to them this. Then they really took it a serious thing because I told you, if you don't publish, I don't mind to publish it. I don't mind to get it translated and published. He said, no, 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 please don't do this. We will do it. Then it was a real push at that time. And then finally, when this was published, it was, it was inaugurated by Cardinal Varki Vidyatil. And thank God that they remembered me and they invited me to participate in that inaugural function and Cardinal gave the first copy of the Catechism published in Kerala Bishop Conference then that when he said to me, you are doing good thing because Jesus said, teach them what I commanded you, Thomas Paul keep doing and he given the first copy to me that photographs everything will be there in POC <laughs> and therefore I realized that it is a very important thing that we learn this and now coming to the little introductory part apart from the preface exactly of the of the catechism text Saint John Paul II now he has written he is the one who, who, who authenticated this catechism, authenticated this catechism. So I want to give a few sentences from that document of endorsing this catechism to the Holy Catholic Church. So it is known as Fide Depositum, the deposit of hate. And He is writing here as an official document in promulgation of this. The principal task entrusted to the council by Pope John XXIII was 
to God. This is about the Second Vatican Council. What was the what was the principal task of the council? Very important thing. John twenty-third was to guard and present better the precious deposit of Christian doctrine in order to make it more accessible to the Christian faithful and to all people of goodwill. For this reason, the council was council was not first of all to condemn the errors of the time, but above all to strive calmly to show the strength and beauty of the doctrine of the faith, illumined by the light of this council. The Pope said, the church will become greater in spiritual riches and gaining the strength of the new energies therefore she will look to the future without fear. Our duty is to dedicate ourselves with an earnest will and without fear to that work which our era demands of us. Thus pursuing the path which the church has followed for 20 centuries. And then this is the great plan of the council. So this is the real plan of the council and uh, I want to say whenever we visit Rome and whenever we think about uh, most of the most of the senior fathers who participated in the church they all written books and books about their experiences of the council. It was the most historical greatest thing happened in the 2000 years of the Catholic Church. That is uh, <laughs> when okay to summarize it nearly three years more than 300 bishops and fathers and uh, I mean theologians more than three years stayed it long more than three years and morning to night after night and intensive prayer and discussions and uh, such thing and then it came out such thing never happened ever so that council second vatican council we can say is a great landmark in the 2000 years of the church so the main aim was of the council was this what we already read out i don't repeat it now <laughs> now after 20 years of the council saint john paul ii that the pope pope john paul ii invited an extraordinary assembly of the synod in 1985 to evaluate the fruits of the council now i don't read it i just <laughs> speak it Otherwise, it will take long time. And in that, in that council, in that uh, synod of the bishops, more everybody decided that one thing we need is a authentic teaching about our doctrinal, our faith, which can be even even to be handed over to the people. So. For this reason we thank the Lord wholeheartedly on this day when we can offer the entire church 
a reference text entitled the Catechism of Catholic Church for Catechesis renewed at the living source of faith. So this came out because of that synod. There it was strongly desired that with the all beauty of the teachings of the Second Vatican Council, we must have a reference book, a reference book about our faith. And this is the, that is how this we received. And then so many things written, how this was formulated. And then we have to understand how the material, the content of this book is organized. A catechism should faithfully and systematically present the teaching of the sacred scripture. First thing, sacred scripture. <laughs> the living tradition. These are the very important things in our Catholic tradition, which will be explained later on from the text itself. And the authentic magisterium, as well as the spiritual heritage of the fathers. See, first seventh century of the church, all the great scholars and uh, doctors of the church, they are called the fathers of the church. And the doctors and saints of the church to allow for a better knowledge of Christian mystery and for enlivening the faith of the people of God. So that is the content of this catechism. To respond to this twofold demand, the catechism of the Catholic Church on the one hand repeats the old traditional order already followed by the Catechism of St. Pius the Fifth, arranging the material of four parts, that is, the structure of this catechism book has got four parts. By this time this is very famous, but still I am mentioning, that is the way from the beginning it was, so that is not changed, it's going on the same way. The first part is creed, creed, that is the proclamation, promulgation of faith. Second part is the liturgy, sacred liturgy, with pride of sacred liturgy, with pride of place given to the sacraments. So that is called, in another way, uh, celebration of faith. First is proclamation of faith, second is celebration of faith, and third is Christian way of life. That, what for all these things? All these things is for a Christian life. So that is called Christian life, third part. And fourth part is Christian prayer. What is Christian prayer which contains at the same time, however the contents are often presented in a new way. So it, in that is the prayer, our father prayer. There are more than 100 articles on our father prayer. Okay. Now I want to tell you something, okay, that afterwards I will tell you. Now the last part of this is the doctrinal value of the texts. So this is a doctrinal text. This is not to be taken as very silly. This is a doctrinal book. Why? The Catechism of the Catholic Church, which I approved John, June 25th, 
the last and publication of which I today order by virtue of my apostolic authority is a statement of the church faith and of a Catholic doctrine. Attested to or illumined by sacred scripture, the apostolic tradition, the church magisterium, the four things, doctrine, attested or illumined by sacred scripture, the apostolic tradition and church magisterium. I declare, Pope John Paul II, I declare it to be a sure norm for teaching the faith. This is what often quoted by many, many fathers who is teaching this catechism, many school of teaching says, this is a sure norm for teaching the faith. And thus a valid and legitimate instrument for ecclesial communion may serve the renewal to which the Holy Spirit ceaselessly calls the Church of God, the body of Christ, on her pilgrimage to the undiminished light of the kingdom. Okay, so this is all about the Pope John Paul II's introduction of this, how there is more than that is written, but I just gave what is required for us now. So many more things are there. You can read it later. Now, coming to practical aspect of this, learning this book. When I first began to teach this, I encountered big problem because I began to teach from the beginning. I began to speak about, after the prologue, I began to teach about the profession of faith, etc. But it is not, uh, not understood. That was not easy to understand. Then I prayed and prayed, O oh Lord, show me a way how to deal it practically. And then the Holy Spirit led me to a beautiful idea. The Holy Spirit said, don't learn from the beginning. Learn from the last. <laughs> that was exciting. That is the four part. First is profession of faith. Second is celebration of faith. Third is Christian life. Fourth is Christian prayer. Then the Holy Spirit told me this idea. How you started your life as a child? What your parents taught you first? Praying. Sign of the cross. Hail Mary. Our Father. Praying. So the same way you start first from the prayer. And after then it clicked. So in that big seminar I conducted after one or two days struggling with this first part I switched on this way and then it was very successful. First of all, we understood all the method of prayer, what we were praying itself needs to be revitalized. <laughs> and so, in those days, when we, whenever we learned this, first of all, our prayer life became very good. We become really intoxicated with this prayer. Our Father prayer, we have more than 100 articles in this. <laughs> and every word is explained. And then... We began to pray. And so, this, what is going to be spoken now, the first thing is, what is eternal life? 
knowing father knowing jesus all these thing became already an experience for us and then we began to learn that from the beginning so that would be the procedure we will be following so therefore the first i will be today talking about beginning the prologue and the preface of the part the prologue we take thereafter i will start from the fourth part that is the that is the that is the christian prayer fourth part so i hope all of you have the text or the book or a text english you can download it from the uh, website or simply google you will get it if anybody has difficulty you can write to me i will send you malayalam i have spoken to the director of the pastoral orientation center in kerala and he has given me the sanctions to scan and copy it and distribute for the sake of our learning so if anybody who have not received malayalam test i can send it like that okay there you go so now we continue <laughs> sorry i am hurrying because of the pressure of time is already half an hour is over now we have just less than half an hour but since it is the first day next day on wait we will not have to explain all the introductory part the first part of prologue it's beautiful it is three word of god that's another thing the whole thing is from the scripture the backbone of this is the scripture backbone of the screen is scripture so don't worry this is not somebody's teaching it is the holy scripture so what is the first word that is the famous that is father this is eternal life this is eternal life that they may know you the only true god and jesus christ whom you have sent that is one that is from john chapter 17 3 and second word here is god our savior desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth that is from first timothy chapter 2 3 4 i remember it like this 1 2 3 4 easy to remember 1 timothy chapter 2 verse 3 and 4 1 2 3 4 timothy <laughs> god our savior desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth and third there is no other name under the heaven under heaven given among men by which we must be saved than the name of jesus this is very phenomenal preaching of peter at the risk of his life and the threatening they have told him we will kill you if you utter any more word about this jesus he said we can't help it we cannot keep quiet we cannot stop talking about it we will talk whom should we obey you or god and at the risk at the such a tension such a terrible situation after pentecost happened 
And that moment they spoke this for saying this, they were all were under jail and they were beaten up. <laughs> so don't think this is not simple stories what we are talking about here. All these are the, 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 the crowning point of our faith. And at the same time, it is all with the depth of the solid, solid attestation of the faith by giving their blood. The blood of the martyrs is the seed of faith. So my dear friend, we continue to understand this first word. John chapter 17, 3, which says, Okay, let's go into that scripture point, you know. I remember sometimes whenever I give a parish retreat, I ask the people a question. Just to know where they are and so that then I can build up accordingly. So once in a parish, very allied people, many professors, engineers, all were there. I asked them, my dear friends, so parish priests and catechism teachers and sisters all were there. May I ask you a question? I asked them, what is eternal life? I waited few minutes but nobody could answer that. It was very astonishing for me. And the priests really felt ashamed and the sisters and catechism teachers naturally felt very much upset but what to do. So this is our situation because we have, I am not blaming, I am just making us to understand where are we doing? Where are what are we doing in terms of faith? In terms of going for a retreat, or it is all for case oriented, need oriented. I want this. I want this. I want this. Or maybe something like that. Other, but we are not going into the depth of our faith. We are still peripheral. We are more and more peripheral. Once I was sitting and having a breakfast with a bishop. He said, Thomas Paul, you are a preacher. He said, appreciated. What is your opinion? How is the situation of the faith? Isn't it peripheral? I said, of course, my lordship. Why it is so? Then we had a beautiful discussion. Then I told him, the problem is, we are teaching so many things, but we are not teaching the deposit, the content of the faith. This word content of the faith is so phenomenal with Pope John Paul II. It is in the synod of or in the Ecclesia Europa because there was a time every continent had a synod. So after the synod of Europe, Ecclesia Europa, a apostolic teaching, he brought out, brought out in which he explained the church in Europe more than 90% people are Christians, baptized Christians, but yet very few know the content of the faith, the content of the faith. So, my dear friends, we may be successful in our daily life, in our career, in our organizational skill, but all these things are not enough. 
our real dignity comes from understanding the answer of this first sentence what is eternal life and once we unlock that once we begin to understand that then the whole things will become like a puzzle solved everything we will understand in a more brighter way this is what uh, that's what i say so that is why when i first time took the catechism of catholic church book and when i saw the preface that itself intoxicated me <laughs> because i have a great fascination to this word because it is from the it is from the golden chapter of the bible the golden chapter of the bible is john 17 in my bible all what word jesus spoke was written in red letter red letter so this is called a, a red letter edition of new american bible i recommend this for you to buy those who are particularly in america canada now this chapter chapter 17 it is not only jesus's words but it is jesus's prayer jesus's prayer at what contest and when they are the last words of jesus in flesh and then immediately after that he was arrested and he began his passion and here in the catechism prologue these words are chosen by the by the fathers who were inspired to arrange this catechism had a lot of meaning this is the sum and substance of our life and which says father jesus is praying father they may know you the only true god and they may know Jesus Christ whom you have sent that is eternal life now this needs a little more explanation one explanation we must understand whenever we read a text a scripture passage from one chapter you have to consider the whole chapter into consideration not only one word please understand this that one sentence comprising the whole chapter and the whole context of the chapter the main theme in this jesus spoke several time was this maybe we read chapter verse 21 they may all be one as you father are in me and i in you so knowing you father and the one whom you send jesus christ this knowing is not only an intellectual understanding of the teaching yes we must understand that but at the same time it must sink in our soul that it is not only a teaching it is a truth and once that truth sink in us we must have an experience a bridal 
experience like a bride and bridegroom. That is the knowing. Here knowing is not only informative but a synthesizing knowing. A formative knowing. An enchanting experience of the bride and bridegroom. That is what Jesus is telling Father. That you in me and I in you. It's a union. A inner union of God and man. Jesus as a man, son of man. He also possessed that union. And in that son of man, the triune God is enthroned. So that's what Jesus is telling. The same thing they may also have. What is this? Do you realize it? Jesus is telling, like Father, you and me are one. Like Father, you are in me and I in you. In the same way, they also may be in us. That is the knowing Jesus is asking about. And that is why in every Holy Eucharist or many times we have this prayer, The Lord, the Lord be with you, means this. And also we say, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, love of God and the fellowship of Holy Spirit be with you. That is not understood clearly. The fellowship of Holy Spirit means it is not only the fellowship of Holy Spirit. It comes from the Trinity. That fellowship of Holy Spirit in another way is that God in me and we in God. So the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that also has the same meaning. What is grace? Grace is divine life into human life. And the love of God. What is that love of God that is coming here in the last sentence in John, in, in, in John 17 last sentence 25 says Righteous Father See, righteous father, the world also does not know you, but I know you. And they know that you sent me. Now the last word is, I made known to them your name and I will make it known. And what is all this knowing, knowing, knowing? Finally he is opening the secret that the love with which you loved me. Maybe in them. And I in them. Very short. This is the sweetest piece of the cake. <laughs> the last sentence of Jesus' proclamation in the whole New Testament. Before his passion. The love with which you loved me. This is very important. This is not easy to understand. I understood this from John Paul II's famous encyclical Dominum et Vivificandum wherein he says that love is not a created love. It is uncreated love. That is God himself. 
referring to St. John's epistle chapter 116 chapter 416 says God is love. How can it be God is love if God creates love? God's love he says that love with which you loved me that is not a created love that is a uncreated love because God is love now what is that love that is the person holy spirit holy spirit is god but a person and love and gift for this holy spirit is god a person a person love and a gift that love which is he says the love which you loved me so what is holy spirit who is holy spirit holy spirit is the love of the father and the son the love with which you loved me that is the person love holy spirit that you may give to them praise the lord and second and i in them this is what jesus's prayer the final part of this prayer what we heard in this prologue first sentence is only the first sentence father they may know you the only true god and know jesus christ whom you have sent that knowing is not only an intellectual knowing that knowing is not an informative knowing that knowing is eventually a spousal union of god and man which jesus himself experienced in that in that unity of the love of the father and the holy spirit and jesus is asking this may be in them in all of us and that is that we have already received and that is what saint paul always say and that is taken into eucharistic celebrations and everywhere the grace of our lord jesus christ love of god and the fellowship of holy spirit be with you it is like an epiclesis the same thing is in epiclesis in another way father you are holy the fountain of all holiness all holiness and life come from you through jesus christ by the working of the holy spirit therefore send thy spirit upon these gifts and make them holy this is epiclesis now this brings complete union of god and man to oneness to oneness to a perfect harmony a perfect union and that union generate holiness and glorification of god so that is what here the first sentence of the prologue here in the catechism once again father 
This is eternal life. That they may know you. The only true God. And Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And then next sentence is. So you understand this now. Once again I say we must. This one sentence must be considered the whole chapter. So I don't mind you read the whole chapter with the insight I have given. The whole meaning of that chapter. Several times repeatedly said, they may all be one, like we are one. The same thing he spoke in different, different, different ways. Empowering and making us to recognize what is the nucleus of our faith. This is our faith that finally... Okay, that is the same thing Jesus explained in other part of the New Testament, other part of the John, John's Gospel. Say, he said, I am the living bread, came down from heaven. Whoever eat my body and drink my blood, in him I live and he in me. Listen to that. Whoever eat that bread and drink that blood, in him I live and he in me. And the same thing Jesus said in John chapter 15, wine and branches. So these seven I am sayings beginning with bread and ending with wine. <laughs> Beautiful. And wine and branches, the same thing he says, you are I am the wine, you are my branch. Then he said, whoever remains in me. Many times this expression is said, I am only reading one after. I think several times this expression is said here. Whoever remain in me, I in him, see, will bear more fruits. So this is the intrinsic, transcendent essence of Christian life. Whoever remain in me, this is the top result. I in you. Whoever remain in me and I in you, they will bear more fruits. Sorry, in a computer. Okay. Whoever remain in me and I in him will bear more fruits. So, this sentence must be understood in this light of a union of the most holy trinity in us. That is eventually eternal life. And so that eternal life already started in us. Started in us. And it will eventually go and go. It is eternal life. It never ends. <laughs> That's why there is no end for our life. There is no end for our life. Okay, now with that we understood now only one word. <laughs> don't worry, don't be upset. We will go forward in the coming days more faster. The second word, in these three words prologue, God our Savior desires all men to be saved. 
This is the desire of God. All men to be saved. Now what is your desire? So our desire should not be based on any fantasy. Our desire should be based on God's divine plan. When we teach the faith, we, we are still guided by so many misunderstandings. Oh, these people, you know, they, they are useless. They should not go to, they will not go to heaven. The way they are living, terrible, atrocious. Will they go to heaven? Who am I to judge? <laughs> now see the situation, many people are criticizing Pope. Why Pope is um, considering these sinners? Bob says, who am I to judge them? Who am I to judge them? It is God who is given his life for salvation. And what is the plan of God? Salvation of the holy people or salvation of the sinners? <laughs> so the essence of our faith is to... Yes, the time is now near completed. We will have to close down. God, our Savior desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. What is the truth? Truth is a person. This was a phenomenal experience of Saint Augustine. When Saint Augustine, when he was not yet baptized, he was around 33 years old, he was moving around with a complete different way of life and his mother Monica was praying, praying. So mother Monica, because of her pious and prayerful attitude, she had a good contact with the Bishop Ambrose of Milan. So one day, and Bishop Ambrose was a very good orator, very good speaker, very famous for his preaching. So St. Augustine was fascinated to hear his way, how he is speaking. I want to hear, mommy, I will come with you. So one day, so Monica said, thank God. And Monica introduced him, this is my son. Augustine, he is not yet baptized, he is more than 30 years old. So Saint Ambrose asked him, my son, what are you doing? So he said, I am searching the truth. Said Augustine, he is a genius already, he knows a lot of things, he was a highly qualified person. Saint Ambrose said, My son, the truth is searching you. You are not to search the truth. The truth is searching you because truth is a person. <laughs> he felt as if his head is opened up. Truth is a person. You know, from where Bishop Ambrose is referring this to, because Jesus said emphatically clear, I am the way, truth and life. I am the truth. 
complete attitudinal change. That is what when you know the truth of the truth, <laughs> you will be illumined. So here Saint Paul speak about that. God our Savior desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, this whole content of the faith is actually about the truth, about the truth. And when you drink from this, when you eat from this, you will feel really intoxicated like St. Ambrose's words on the Holy Spirit. He said, Holy Spirit is a sober intoxication. It is a sober intoxication. So, we should never have any reservation whether this man will be saved or not. We have no, no, we have no right to think that. God alone is the Savior. God alone knows it. God has many ways to save that. That is why Jesus says, the wind blow as it will. We know from the testimonies, mostly many testimonies of non-Christian, particularly Muslims at all, and Muslims and Hindus, many of them gave the testimony that they have not heard about Jesus from any people like you, nor from a radio, nor from a TV, but in the night, Jesus came to him. And Jesus met them. Jesus spoke to them. Jesus revealed them. Jesus continued to talk to them. And they understood the truth. Then they began to have more exposure to the pastors or priests and other things. So Christ, the truth, has his son where to reveal himself. That is what the meaning when Jesus says, wind blow as it will, John chapter 3. And St. John Paul II in his famous encyclical, Redemptoris Missio, that is the Redemptoris Missio, that uh, the mission of the Redeemer, he has made very clear, expatiating this particular aspect, how the salvation. So he explained, referring to this word, John chapter 1 9, John 1 9 says, Every one will be illumined. The light which, the light, the true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. Clear. Clear. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming to the world. <laughs> Has it come or not? Yes. And, and then he says, even the whole humanity was created through that eternal light, eternal word. Referring to John 1.1. 1, 1. 
the prologue of John which says in the beginning was the word word was with God word was God now you see somebody is asking Thomas Paul brother how do you say the word is a person the word of God is a person I said the word is a person is referred in the in the prologue itself the word was with God and the word was God now the next sentence says he was in the beginning with God so word is now he <laughs> and all things came to be through him point without him nothing came to be that means the whole humanity no matter Hindu, Muslim, Sikh, Punjabi, Parsi no matter an atheist maybe they all created with the eternal word Jesus Christ so from the creation point of view they are already in intimate relation with the word yet with the word <sighs> so that is what we must understand all these things we will learn in the deposit of faith God our Savior desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So this is the whole content of the faith. <laughs> now three, third point. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved than the name of Jesus. So in these three sentences what is the main thing? Central point is Jesus himself. So earlier, later on it is written in 426 and all. Catechesis means knowing Christ. Christ is the heart of catechism. Okay. Now one more sentence we read and then I have to close. God infinitely perfect and blessed in himself in a plan of sheer goodness freely created man to make him sharer in his own blessed life. This was the beautiful conviction I got. The first thing I was intoxicated with this teaching from this. That is God created me to make me a sharer of God's own blessed life. God created you to make you a sharer of God's own blessed life. Therefore, for this reason, at every time, in every place, God draws close to man. He calls man to seek him, to know him, to love him. So this is what we learned from the early childhood catechism. Why God created us? God created us to seek him, to know him, to love him. But the main purpose of why he's asking us to seek him, know him, love him. Because he created us to make us a sharer in his own blessed life. My dear friends, I thank you very much for your participation. And these videos will be remaining in the website, in the YouTube. You can, you can mark it, you can share it to others. And uh, we continue to... Work on it now tomorrow and I appreciate all of you who joined in this. Uh, now Angelica, then Germany, uh, uh, yes there is Andreas Welsh, 
and James Thomas Paul, even my son is there. Thank you, my son, and Father Jolly Carimpil, and many people, and my brother Paul Kerti, and so many sister Sophia, and Sunil and Sajiri, and so many others. I don't now spend time to read your names. I appreciate you. I welcome you. God bless you, bless you, bless you. We will go ahead with this tomorrow. And don't worry about we are taking little long time because at least once we have to do it as I am inspired by the Holy Spirit. So let me do it with a little more explanation. Don't worry if this way we go, where we will end this. Don't worry about it. Let us go more and more wide. And this is surely going to give you a great experience of the Lord. Okay. Thank you very much. I wish you once again a happy and powerful Pentecost. This is a gift of Pentecost you are having. Thank you. God bless you. And uh, this will be also published in a, uh, uh, what is that, uh, Pravajaka Shabdam, that is a internet newspaper. It will be available in their website as well as in their YouTube channel. Okay, you can communicate with me anything you want to clarify. You can write me in my WhatsApp number. What My WhatsApp number is 0091-944-719-6033. Okay. So, God bless you.